Martin Scorsese. That's who we're going to talk about today. Episode three. Episode three. <laughs> it matters. <laughs> like it matters. It says it on the thing. Um, in, in my in my preparation for uh, f- for this episode, um, which I can see I'm the only one who did any preparation. Yep. Maybe Sean has got something in that computer. Nope. Uh, I, I came across a, a quote, and and I thought it it really it's the definitive quote for Scorsese and, and what his movies are about, and it was a. Uh, it was said by a film critic who has since been like accused of sexual assault, so I'm not gonna <laughs> I'm not gonna say his name, <laughs> um, but uh, but he said um, you can enjoy a Scorsese film with the sound off and the picture on, or with the picture off and the sound on, and it's so true because his soundtracks are, are great. The sounds of you know, especially when he's working in New York, the sounds of the city are great, and then everything he shoots is just great. So so today we are going to get into uh, a handful of Martin Scorsese films. This is going to be our part one. Um, then we'll do a part two. We're we're sort of all over the place uh, in part one, uh, so if you miss any of the the classics, which we which we do, we're going to get them in part two. Uh, and then there's going to be some that we're just going to have to have to leave on the cutting room floor, I think. Uh, I gotta, but be- I got to know who that critic is. I guess I can just. It was the. Google, I, I guess I can just I, Google I, the quote. I don't even know his name. He <laughs> Google 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 a picture of him if you want to laugh. But uh, um, he's the guy who founded Ain't It, Ain't it Cool News. The guy to look him up to. It was in um, it was in that Roger Ebert, Roger Ebert wrote a book. Uh, just with all of Scorsese reviews, actually, and we'll, we'll get to this with Scorsese's first movie. There's something kind of interesting. We'll get there, but he just said like, I agree with this guy. I think his name was Harry something. I agree with his quote. I looked the guy up. He looks like the comic book store guy in The Simpsons. Like uh, yeah. I think that might be who it's. Well, no, I guess this technical news came out way after The Simpsons, but he just looks like that guy. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so it was him. Um, I, I don't know. I forget his name though. Uh, but but first, let's uh, let's Shawnee, let's welcome D to the uh, the podcast for the the first time. First Sean. first guest, another Sean, another Sean. But we can't. That we don't call Sean. We can't have two Seans. And we don't call <laughs> me Sean. Yeah, we got two Seans, and, and we call no one. Uh, Such a strong name, and it just gets thrown to the. Yeah, that's, that's, that is true. Anything. Uh, thanks for having me, guys. <laughs> you're, you're welcome. Glad to be here. Thank you. Glad yeah. to have you. Now we're just going to interview you. Actually, <laughs> we lied about we lied about Scorsese. Far away. <laughs> Um, Time to grill them. Uh, all right. Uh, there's no when you look up like Hollywood news and notes, it's just what producer diddled what actress. That's all it is. There's there's not there's literally nothing else. Everything's TV now. Wait, uh, when you look up what? Did you I, I just was looking up like Hollywood news, like what's, uh, what's going on in the world, and there's nothing. There's literally nothing. There's a bunch of TV stuff which which we could talk about, I guess. Ozark season two. Anyone? Didn't start started it. Started it. Yeah, I'm, uh, it's not as good as the first one. Love I don't the think. first one. Love the first one. Yeah, the first one is awesome. It's pretty good. Good so far. Yeah, it's a bigger role for that girl that I like. Uh, She's awesome. Julia Gardner, I think is her name. You mm-hmm. brought up is a really good point uh, about how Michael Shannon should have Jason Bateman's role. Yeah, wouldn't he be perfect? That would be absolutely amazing. Yeah. yeah. Jason Bateman's not a good actor. She acts circles around him. She's like great. She's much better than that. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's holding his own, though, I think. Uh, yeah, he's okay. Do you want to talk into the mic? Laura Lenny. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, we'll fix that in post. Um, <laughs> no, we won't. The, I don't know how to. <laughs> yeah, no, we can't. We can't. Uh, Watch some tutorials. Yeah, no, Laura Linney's great. Um, he, most of the actors, like the the real creepy uh, heroin farmers, I can't remember their name, the husband and wife. Yeah. That's the creepiest right, thing yeah, ever. Yeah. All right, but this is not a Ozark podcast. This is a movie podcast. Uh, and and we lost we lost a giant in the industry uh, this past week. This will probably come out in like three months, so it'll be, it'll be old news. But uh, Burt Reynolds died. <laughs> yeah. Um, I looked through I looked through Burt. I'm going to be honest. I looked through his IMDb, and I've seen one Burt Reynolds movie. Just one. Boogie Nights. Boogie Nights. Longest Yard. Adam Sandler. No, I, n- I never saw the Adam Sandler Longest Yard. Deliverance? I, 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 never no saw, Deliverance? I never saw Deliverance. I never saw Deliverance either. I've not seen... Go. I didn't even know he was in it. I thought that was uh, the dad from Rudy. It was like the star. Ned Beatty. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I thought he was right, a star. Right, yeah. Um, yeah, I've seen one. I, th- I think you said in our group chat, he's in like 180 movies, and <laughs> one that's good. And it's, <laughs> it's so true. But Burt Reynolds, he didn't want to be like he he didn't enjoy. Or I think he enjoyed acting, but he didn't want to take it seriously. Kind of like Brando in that way, except not a good actor. Um, and then the one movie he was good in, he hates. Didn't he like disrespect uh, Paul Thomas Anderson? Didn't he like not like him? He hated him. I would imagine. Hate. I I don't think I don't. I was thinking about that. Paul Thomas Anderson when he directed Boogie Nights in '97 was what 24 or something. <laughs> like he was really he was young, young still. Yeah. So Burt Reynolds probably thought he was doing just some trash movie. Like I'm sure he doesn't know who. Like I, 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 I assume he's the kind of guy who wouldn't know who William H Macy is or Don Cheadle is or Philip Seymour Hoffman at the time or John C Riley. Like he, he just wouldn't know these people because he's like, he just I don't think he's the kind of guy who got it. He was so like old Hollywood and big in the seventies and then just fell off the face of the earth. I get the impression that he's probably really difficult to work with. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah definitely. It just comes off as sort of smug. Yeah. Who I found that article. I didn't even click. <clears throat> click on it though who was it that said he's like terrible to work with joan crawford was that it mm, well no no that, <laughs> no that was uh um the movie i saw we could talk I'll, I'll, we'll talk about that at the end uh, the movie i saw person? last night where, where joan crawford was um joan crawford and sterling hayden were in this movie that i saw last night and uh, apparently they just hated each other and they're like notoriously the two most difficult people to work with in the same movie um but burt reynolds yeah he did not like boogie nights after the fact like he went to the oscars he was nominated right. it's really his own have you guys seen any other burt reynolds movies um, I might, I might not have. I think the Cannonball Run, Longest Yard, and Cop and a Half. Remember that movie? Oh, you know what? I did see that. Little kids movie. There's another one. No. Yeah, and wasn't like Sinbad in it. Who was the other guy? <laughs> it was like a black comedian, wasn't it? I forget. Oh man, Cop and a Half. Oh man, that's a bad Cop one. Cop and a Half. Um, was Smoking the Bandit? Nobody. Was that a movie? Or was it? What was that? Smoking the Bandit was a movie. Wasn't there a and movie any, like, just called Bandit any, like, though? I have no idea. If there's was, film buffs listening right now, they're scoffing at me. Who cares? That's Burt Reynolds. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a staring tribute. But, uh, um, yeah, I, I can't even say he's made any contributions to, to film other than Boogie Nights. And any excuse to talk about Paul Thomas Anderson is good. So Staring tribute. Yeah, R.I.P. <laughs> R.I.P. Burt Reynolds. <laughs> yeah. The best thing Burt Reynolds ever did was the Norm Macdonald impression of him on <laughs> SNL. <laughs> I probably, we've got to cut out Norm Macdonald now. He's another person we can't talk about. Oh, <laughs> yeah, we'll put a strike through the Norm Macdonald movie uh, show. <laughs> <laughs> screwed and dirty work <laughs> which is better than, I've seen two Norm Macdonald movies and one Burt Reynolds movie um, alright as I said there's no news and notes so I'm going to pose a question for you guys uh, Dee I'm assuming you've seen um, we've talked about this a little bit but uh, I think you've seen both of these trailers and Shawnee maybe you have uh, two movies coming out I'm looking forward to both of them both with Boy in the title there's Boy Erased which is based on a memoir and this one stars Lucas Hedges and uh, Beautiful Boy which is also based on a memoir which stars Steve Carell and Timothy Chalamet uh, which one are you guys more excited for? Which boy-related movie are you more excited for? Beautiful Boy, starring Timothy Chalamet. They both look really good. I'm going to say Boy Erased. Yeah, I'm more excited for Boy Erased as well. I can't Steve, think of what that is. Boy Erased is, uh, so Lucas Hedges plays uh, a kid in high school who's... Um, Does that kid ever take a break? He's in everything. No, he's literally in everything. He's literally in everything. He, he really is, but I don't like, know. I guess, big roles in everything, yeah, too. Like, I, I, don't, I don't mind him. Make second a, billing in everything. I, yeah, it's true. At least. Possibly <laughs> everything, that guy. He'll burn out. Um, so he plays uh, a, a kid who's in high school. His parent, or his dad is like a Baptist minister, and he come, and I think the dad is played by Russell Crowe, which is going to make or break that movie because <laughs> he can be good or he can be <laughs> he can be awful. Um, and then I think the mom's Nicole Kidman, right? Yeah, and I think so. She's always good. So uh, he comes out as gay, and they send him to like a, like a gay camp, like go get yourself straight, uh, directed by Joel Edgerton. 
Um, you guys see the movie The yeah. Gift? No. I did. Yeah, that's he, what that's what Bateman. That's like a really good role for Bateman. <laughs> he just plays like such a prick. And Edgerton directed that too, right? Yeah, yeah. That's why I brought yeah. it up. Um, I've seen literally no movies. Yeah, and I'm a second co-host on a movie <laughs> podcast. Uh, well, I think uh, when, when we get to the main event, you see some. And then Beautiful Boy is is um, Timothy Chalamet plays a meth head, and Steve Carell's his dad. Steve Carell just. I think Steve Carell, like, is almost too obvious. Like, everyone's going to think, like, oh, it's perfect for him, and he kind of looks apart, and Carell probably thinks yeah. it's perfect for him, but I don't know if that's going to necessarily work out. Yeah, I like to see him do drama. That's why I'm excited for that. And yeah. also, one of you guys put it in my head that Timothy Chalamet, you're probably just joking, but he could be, like, the next, like, Daniel Day-Lewis. Did one of you say that? That must have been <laughs> <It's> definitely. <laughs> I think it was, like, jokingly. I don't know. Maybe Maybe I think it was, like, jokingly, but I yeah, think right. I, I could see him, like, having a solid career who do, when, it's, when it's all said and done who do you think is going to have had a better career Chalamet or Hedges I'm going to say Chalamet yeah I'm probably going to say Chalamet yeah as well. probably Chalamet Hedges actually came out uh, literally came out like yesterday or today and he was giving an interview and the person was like like asked him was it hard playing like a gay character when you're straight and he's like well not entirely straight and they're like what no. so like oh you're, you're like you're gay and he's like nah like bye he's like no he's just, like not entirely straight and Joel Edgerton was like yeah I knew he was perfect for the for the role <laughs> like he's really struggling um but those are those are two of the big dogs that are that are coming out and I think uh I think both those those guys have I think Chalamet is probably lock if if he runs in supporting actor to to win it I mean I, I don't know what else would contend with that Timothy Chalamet playing a meth head Yep, it's good. All right, and uh, it's la- Oscar bait. Yeah, oh yeah, and and lastly, before we get into uh, into Marty, um, what's the last thing you guys saw in the theaters? The last one I uh, saw was Searching. I oh, just yeah. last week. I just saw Eighth Grade. Yeah, that was the last thing I saw yeah. too. You liked Eighth Grade? Really good. Yeah, loved it. Yeah, I'm not a little, a little heavy. It's all right. It's like heavier than I thought, I thought it was, it was great. Be. Yeah, yeah. It, it didn't need to be that heavy. The, the the one thing, and spoiler alert, um, if you wanna you wanna pause it. When she goes to, like, visit the high school and she meets that girl, it would have been great if, like, that girl was just nice to her and they went to the mall and they hung out and the guys were nice to her and everything was fine. Because it's such a cliche that she gets in the car with the guy and the guy tries to rape her. It doesn't even try to rape her. just does, does, just makes a move. Like, that's, it's such, I mean, if you didn't see it coming from 30 miles away, then you shouldn't be watching movies because you're a complete idiot. So it's just so obvious. And, and, (laughs) like, I give Bo Burnham a lot of credit, but that was, that was dumb. And I thought it would have been a better movie if it was just like, okay, so there is something on the other side and this is going to be fine. Like, like, just, oh, look, kindness works instead of a a guy trying to rape you. And not and not every single guy like the first guy she meets is a guy in her grade and he's like send me naked pictures and then the second guy tries to rape her, like that's just not how that's not how it works. Despite that, that's the way the wind's blowing and people won't, like love that stuff. It's just not how it works. So that's that's my beef with it. But I need more Josh Hamilton in, in my life. That guy was awesome. He's great. He's he's I hope the guy right? yeah. Oh man, that would that would that's a stretch, but that would be awesome. He um, you guys got to see. Maybe you saw kicking and screaming. I haven't seen it yet. I've not no. seen it. I want it. It's on now. Netflix. Just, just watch. It's like it's like think, seventy minutes I think long. Maybe in the last episode you recommended me that. But I we did. Like it was it was one of my recommendations. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I was about to say the exact same thing I said. I was like, wait, this sounds this sounds familiar. So listen to the second episode uh, that we recorded a month ago, but it'll maybe come I'll out drop another all month. Three at the same time. There you go. That'll be fun. Yeah, I know that'll, that'll give people something to do. All right, so let's jump right in here. Uh, Martin Scorsese. What's first the first Martin Scorsese guys you guys remember Martin Scorsese movie you guys remember seeing? Goodfellas. I think mine is probably Goodfellas too. Yeah, I think that was probably it as well for me. It was like I remember my neighbor uh, 
Luke went, they were in like New York for their like eighth grade field trip and he bought like just like a small like painted photo of, it was, they're all in suits and it's Pesci and Leota and Sorvino and, uh, and um, uh, De Niro. And I like bought it off him for $10 and like hung in my room forever. <laughs> I just like, <laughs> like I loved it. It was such like a, probably because I really hadn't seen a movie that was like that violent before. And I don't, I don't even remember when I saw it. Maybe, maybe I have, but um I kind of kind of remember like I probably didn't understand a lot of it when I first saw it, but I remember liking liking it immediately. Like I was kind of the same with like Shawshank when I saw that for the first time. I just remember liking it like immediately. Yeah, yeah. I think well, that's how a lot of people feel about him. Which is the one with um, she won Best Actress as one of his earlier films. Uh, Alice doesn't live here anymore. Yeah, I think that actually might be the first one I've seen. Ooh, and then you actually want to watch another one? <laughs> I was like really young. That movie. Like, I didn't even know who Martin Scorsese was. That movie is horrible. It's so bad. What's that guy's name with the beard? He was like a country singer. Oh, Chris Christopherson. No. Yeah, no, it was. It was Chris was it? Chris Christopherson and uh, Ellen Burstyn plays yeah. Alice, right? Yeah. And uh, it's like it's like a, just a straightforward love story. But apparently, Chris Christopherson at the time was like. Um, like a severe alcoholic and was drunk like the entire, the entire movie, which I guess explains a lot. Cause it's, it's really not one of his, wow. his stronger works, but, uh, but we're not going to talk about that today. What we're going to talk about though, is, uh, his first movie, it was a college, college film from 1967, uh, originally titled I call first. And then he had to change it, uh, when it had a theatrical release in, in, uh, 69 to who's that knocking at my door. Uh, have you guys seen this? No, sir. You're gonna shine in this episode. No, I'm not. I'm not. I've, I've not seen a couple of these. I haven't seen anything. Which, I don't even remember if I've seen that movie. It's it's like Harvey Keitel plays like a, it's Harvey Keitel's first movie. Um, he plays uh-huh. a like a young kid, super Catholic in like New York, but he sort of he doesn't exactly follow Catholic ideals, but he thinks he does. So basically, him and his friends break every. Like they have two categories for girls. There's there's ladies, and that's who you marry, and there's broads, and that's just who you have sex with. So he meets a girl, Harvey Keitel, falls in love with her, um, and he finds out that um, she was not a virgin, and it just like totally ruins it for him. And he can't like reconcile it. Um, yeah, it's not ringing a bell. It, yeah, it would. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, the one thing I guess you can say is Harvey Keitel is just like okay this like this guy can really act and it's his first movie and then um so wait this is his college his like college. He, he made it at nyu yeah and he got kaitel i guess he made it at nyu and same age at that time around the same age. i don't think i tell yeah kaitel is his first movie so i don't know audition people and just yeah. found him um it was it premiered at a like a chicago film festival so roger ebert had just started working at the chicago sun times and it was one of the first movies he ever reviewed and so he wrote a like a really nice review of it, and Scorsese just wrote him a letter. And th- you have to remember, this is no one knows who either of these people are, and it turns out to be one of the most famous directors ever, and probably the most famous critic ever. Um, and he like just wrote him like a letter. He was like, "Hey, thanks for the review." And awesome. Ebert like saved it. But it kind of goes to show something about Ebert too. He was just like, "Yeah, this guy's gonna make really good movies. Like this is solid." Yeah, he recognized the and, talent. Yeah, and he was he was he was dead on. So um, I guess the one thing though that you know, and I, I've got this as part of a box set and watched it. Uh, like once or twice, but there's like stuff in it that you can tell he kind of was sure of himself already. Like as as a director, like a lot of the same stuff pops up. There's there's obviously not. I don't think there were steady cams. When were they invented? 
70s, I believe. Okay, so there was no, yeah, and he probably couldn't have afforded a steady cam anyway, but there's like a tracking shot, um, and it was just kind of following like two people. Um, obviously, there's a religious element. Scorsese was, um, I think he went, to, he went to like the seminary, right? He, he either like be a was about to go or, or was in there or something. I don't remember the story, but yeah, he he is extremely, uh, yeah, extremely well. I don't, I don't know how religious he is, but yeah, <laughs> yeah a lot of uh, a lot of his movies have have that that theme. But I, I think from you know who's that knocking on my door or I call. And, you know, it's funny because it goes to show you like even Scorsese had to put up with like studios at first. He had to change the name of his first movie. Paul Thomas Anderson had the same thing with with Hard Eight. I think or that was originally called Cindy or Sydney. Hmm. And what the studio didn't like the title. The studio so didn't like the title. Change it. Yeah. Um, and with uh, also with. Um, Who's that knocking on my door? Uh, they made him put in like a like a nude scene because they wanted to make it like an exploitation <laughs> exploitation movie because they figured that's the only way they can market it. And lo and behold, it was Martin Scorsese and Harvey Keitel. Uh, the girl in the movie did not pan out. All right, uh, we're gonna move to we're gonna jump ahead. We're skipping all the seventies, so there's there's obviously a lot to talk about there, and we'll we'll get Taxi Driver, Mean Streets, um, in part two as well as uh, well, I guess Raging Bull was nineteen eighty, but. Um, we're going to skip to a movie that, that no one's ever seen except for D, uh, The King of Comedy. So, so D, uh, explain what the, <laughs> what this movie is and why you like it when no one else does. This is De Niro, right? He's stars in that? Yeah, De Niro's yeah. a star. Um, I'm not sure why this movie doesn't get more attention. I think it's probably Scorsese's most underrated movie. But I think uh, Vince would probably agree with you on that. He has seen it, hasn't film he? buff friend of ours who will most likely be a guest. Someday. Maybe. Yeah, I, think, I, I feel like I always hear him talking about this movie. What's the What's the plot? What's the general uh, The general synopsis? Um, Robert De Niro plays an aspiring comedian, um, and he's obsessed with this one late-night talk show host played by uh, Jerry Lewis. Jerry Lewis is the biggest the biggest jerk who's done, like, the most for the world. Like, he, <laughs> he's probably raised a billion dollars. Was that him with the telephones? I don't know. Yeah, the ALS thing? Like Jerry's kids. I mean, this this is the only movie I've seen Jerry Lewis in. I yeah, think. I don't know either, actually. He, well, he was. In I his, knew he was the Naughty Professor. Yeah, the original was, Naughty Professor. He was but in I've never seen those. Stupid movies in the fifties. He made that movie where he played like the clown in the Holocaust, and like Patton Oswalt saw it yeah, or something. Like, yeah. Like, or no, uh, Harry Shear. Who's the guy who does the voice of Mo? Is that Harry Shear? I don't know, but it's in a vault. It's in a vault. That, yeah. yeah. And so wait, how do you see it? Who got to see it? It was either Patton Oswalt or Harry Shear. Select few people. I, I, I don't know how they saw it, but. Apparently it's horrible, um, and Jerry Lewis died, and I think it's supposed to like it was supposed to be shown, I guess, after he died. But um, I gotta imagine it's horrible. But he was like, tw- I mean, remember like the interview with Mark Maron? Yeah, he like, <laughs> he, like stormed he was out. He was Jerry just, like, Lewis I'm stormed done. out. Yeah, he's like, yeah. He's like, yeah, we're we're done. Like, yeah, we're done. I think then, he was like a bit of a curmudgeon in his old age. Oh yeah, no, he was like apparently he was just he was horrible to people, but he raised all that money for I think it was ALS, right? The telethons. I don't know. We're could, talking way too much be. about, about well, Jerry I think Jerry that's Lewis. actually, um, <laughs> he sort of plays a jerk in this movie, but okay. he's sort of playing a version of himself, I think. Okay. So Robert De Niro likes this guy. He's just like basically, I assume, Johnny Carson at the time? Essentially, yeah. Okay. And then what happens? <laughs> Spoiler alert. I just want to do well, what's, I, I, so he, impression. he just tries to. He, he wants to meet him so okay. bad, but he can't, he's trying to make an appointment to meet him, um, you know, Jerry Lewis says, you know, basically, this guy's a lunatic. I want nothing to do with him. Mm-hmm. Um, so eventually, um, De Niro's character kidnaps him. Okay. With some with somebody else who's also obsessed with him. 
that's that's an odd premise. It does this doesn't sound like a like a Scorsese movie at all, does it? I mean, does it? It's different for him. It's a really dark comedy. Is it funny? Um, at times, De Niro's like really funny in it. Really, because yeah. that, that, De Niro has shown he can he can do comedy and he's pretty good at it. So that 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 kind of makes it a little bit more. There's a, a scene in the movie where he goes down into his basement and he has it set up kind of like a a talk show studio <laughs> like Kramer yeah, <laughs> like yeah basically <laughs> yeah and um and he has cardboard cutouts of like one is Jerry Lewis the- and he pretends that he's interviewing him oh god <laughs> and then his mom yells down the basement and it's funny because De Niro's about like 40 years yeah, old right. yeah right uh, who, who plays his mom it's relatable to mom. Um, is there I will I shouldn't ask that is there anyone else like of note in the movie um I forget the name of the actress who's in it, um, his co-star. She's been around a little bit. I can't remember her name, though. Yeah. And, Sean, you've never seen it? I have not seen this one, nope. Yeah, well, it actually, Scorsese said um, that's his, that's Robert De Niro, the best performance De Niro has given in a Scorsese movie was in The King of Comedy. Scorsese said that? Yeah, do you agree with him? Do you agree with him? (laughs) I don't know if I go that far. Yeah. Um, It is pretty good, though, but it's it's definitely not his best. Do you think it, it suffered because it came out, it was his first movie after... Goodfellow, or I'm sorry, after Raging Bull. That probably has something it was, to do with it. That and sort of just like the weird, just basic plot of it and just like the dark humor. Like I think it flopped at first, but then yeah. over the years it sort of got like a following. I, f- I feel like Scorsese got, he got really weird in like the later 80s and the 90s. Like he, he started just, and we'll kind of, we'll get into certainly one of those movies, but just sort of. When was that? I wonder when After Hours was made. That was probably the eighties. That's like his weirdest movie. That was like mid eighties, I think. Eighty four, yeah. eighty five. Just, a, it's got a weird like. I mean, I'm assuming by nineteen eighty or right after Raging Bull, he had to have been considered one of the top ten at least working directors. And then he goes and makes like he takes a risk with the King of Comedy, and then a movie like After Hours, which is just nuts. Um, kind of working his way up to up to the next movie we'll talk about, which is Goodfellas. But like, could, I couldn't see Paul Thomas Anderson. I, he's probably, Paul Thomas Anderson's probably the best, I don't know if you want to call him young. I guess he still is young, but I just couldn't see him taking a risk like that. I guess he did on Punch Drunk Love, so, so I'm totally <laughs> wrong. But but uh, yeah, Scorsese, definitely not afraid to, to take a swing. And uh, more often than not, it, it pays off. Um, but his, his crowning achievement, most people's opinions... Here we go. 1990, Goodfellas. Um, what's? Wanna... Go ahead, Johnny. No, I was uh, I was about to sing the song that's in the plays in the beginning after he says like, what's what song? Ever is since it? I could remember, I wanted to be a gangster or whatever, and then it's like a song that I think is uh, Sinatra, but I don't know. I'm I don't sure, know what it is. I'm and sure I can't it remember the lyrics right now, so I'm not going to sing it. All right. um, but that is a good point because Goodfellas is the best soundtrack. It's the best use of yeah, like popular music in a movie ever. Yeah, like ever, so. definitely. And Garden State's like number two, so there's really not not a lot <laughs> yeah, of uh, there's not <laughs> a lot like... of competition there. Yeah, um, that's very true. I think uh, at the end of this episode, you should put in that um, the Eric Clapton, the Layla, like the piano solo, which is like the it's like the music they're playing when he's when they're finding all the bodies after yeah. Uh, yeah. after um, Lufthansa. Yeah, that's that's the one. But uh, um, that's one of my favorite scenes. What what are your guys' favorite scenes in Goodfellas? I love that it opens up in the middle. First, like when scene they're driving. The movie is them driving. Yeah, 
and you're like, what's going on? So here? it's all downhill then, from there for you. <laughs> no, I just <laughs> I love, love that. I love how they do that, and I love that scene too. Um, I love that great. whole sequence where yeah. he sees bats in the bar, and it's been so long, and all he has to do is piss him off, and then yep. bats is dead, and then there's the whole thing of trying to bury him and. <laughs> And, and they're going to build condos there. <laughs> <laughs> you got to get dig them up. Yeah, there's that is a, a good and Henry. I, just, I love story. I love how he like pukes. I love how he yeah. still can't really take it. Yeah, and then they go back to the mother's house, played by Scorsese's mom. Mm-hmm. She's awesome. Yeah, that's they a great. That, that really is that great. whole sequence with bats. I they say, that. they say that so she has the painting. They show him the painting. There's a bar that we've been in, and that painting is on the wall in that bar. Yeah, is it the trophy yeah. tavern? It's the trophy. Yeah, I'm, I'm going. I'm, I'm just. I'm taking. I'm taking. No one, no one will know it. It's like right by the door. I should have just grabbed it. That's right. I forgot that about is that. True, yeah. Um. So the guy in the boat, like he looks sort of like Frank Vincent, the actor who plays Bats. He got like the white hair, yep. and apparently it was an ad lib by De Niro where he was like, "Oh, it looks like somebody we know." Yeah. And then Pesci like plays it off. He's like, "Oh yeah, without the beard, like it's him." <laughs> I, I, I wonder if that's true. I, it probably is, but it's like incredible for for them to pick up on that uh in the movie it's just it's just great yeah um d what's your favorite scene after shawnee gave us uh half the movie is his <laughs> um i mean that's a movie just full of classic scenes probably yeah, yeah. my favorite i mean that whole sequence that tracking shot when they're walking to the coca cabana yeah that's that's like the classic it's just incredible yeah. it's just so well done and put together and the, um the other thing i heard is the comedian kept screwing up the joke oh really and they had to do it over and over again i can't imagine that <laughs> that's true like they could have just but i guess they don't cut away yeah. and show the comedian it's all one part of it so it's funny that too because it's like right at the end of that it's scene. the last thing yeah, yeah. that's yeah. great too could you imagine like those people those kind of comedians like don't exist anymore or it's just like these quick like little who, who was that was it like yeah, buddy gave me six months to live i didn't have enough money i gave him another six months <laughs> that is that is the joke he tells too yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, that. It's ridiculous. My 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 favorite, uh, and you know, I was thinking about it. You could actually break it down into just like three big scenes. Like when he's a kid, I guess that's choppy a little bit. But then there's like the the back end of the movie is all just one scene. Like when the helicopters are following him around, that's an hour oh, yeah, hour yeah. and ten minutes long up right. until the end. Um, but my favorite scene, I guess, starts that portion of the movie, um, and it's when Joe Pesci gets whacked. Yeah. Um, and and the one thing from <laughs> the one thing from that that scene that I like so much. So he thinks he's going to be made and De Niro is so excited. And him and Ray Liotta are like at the diner. And, and the one thing they do is they show like Joe Pesci when he, they show him realize that he's going to get killed right before he gets killed. Yeah. I think that if like a less skilled director is, is handling that they wouldn't, they wouldn't necessarily think that Joe Pesci's reaction, which I think won on the Oscar would be as important as Robert De Niro destroying the phone booth. Like I think right. you would just, all right, he's killed and now we're going to get to the next thing. Right. But he really focuses on Joe Pesci's like, oh, like, like he, he, uh, he sees like it's like, whatever. It's like somebody's garage or right. like a little like card room yeah. and knows what's going to happen. And then the guy kills him is like 100. Have you ever noticed how old yeah. that guy yeah, yeah. is? Yeah. He's like a really old and guy that, that shoots him. I love when he's on the phone with Jimmy. He's like, eh, we had a problem. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah we had a problem. That, that's he's great. gone. And he's gone. <laughs> it's, that's like classic De Niro because he's like, what do you mean? He's like talking so fast. What do you mean he's gone? He's gone. Yeah. What do you mean he's gone? And then he just destroys that he's phone booth. Uh, he's gone, Jimmy. He's gone, Jimmy. Oh, it's that. The, the movie is just filled with with incredible scenes and and that, that there's we really could just just go through the entire movie and every scene is great. Yep. People always say like 
Goodfellas is a movie where no matter where you just turn it on, it's on TV. You're going to watch the whole thing. And it's, it's so true. Like I've never turned it on, saw a scene and just stopped watching it. Cause it's, yeah. yeah. And it's, it's definitely true. one of those movies. It's, it's longer. I think mm-hmm. it's what, about two hours, 40 minutes, maybe it's under three hours. Yeah. It's, yeah it's, yep. it's probably around there. But it's one of the movies that you just, you know, you don't feel the length cause it, it yeah. never gets, you never get tired of watching it. Yeah. It's, it's That's true. And, and, and Scorsese, I, I assume is, is pretty, pretty heavily involved in the editing process but he's had that same editor forever Thelma Schoonmaker right. is, she, is she can anyone name another movie she's edited that's not Scorsese has no, she done pretty much all of his movies I think I think she's done all of them okay and I, she's pretty good because his movies are really well edited yeah and, and especially the last hour and ten minutes of um of of Goodfellas where I mean <laughs> it's just paranoia setting in and he, like he I, it's funny because Leota, like, when you know, he just knows he's busted. Like, he knows it. And he doesn't really want to, like, admit it or acknowledge it. But he just, you can tell he just knows it the whole time. There's helicopters yeah. are around and, mm-hmm. and he's he's doing coke. Um, another, and, oh, man, another, probably my second favorite scene is just when they're cooking dinner in the prison. Yeah, that's it, great. It, it's so funny. Like, Scorsese's good at putting in, like, comedic moments. And you're laughing because it's so ridiculous because it's, like, like he's in prison, but he brings like a box of lobsters on ice, right. and and, it's like, <laughs> and like Leota's Leota's narration is actually really good too throughout the entire movie. So great. Um, yeah. What's her name's is not the uh, the woman who plays his wife. I can't remember her name. Lorraine Bracco. Uh, Lorraine Bracco. Yeah. yeah, she's annoying when she's uh, she's she's narrating. But um, the one the one question that I'm always left with with Goodfellas has nothing to do with Scorsese, but why didn't Ray Liotta take off after that? Um, I think he did. Like question. It was like, I mean, Goodfellas was, I, I assume it was a commercial success. It was nominated for a lot of awards. He wasn't nominated. I, I mean, we can pull up whoever was that year, but come on. <laughs> like, yeah. there could have been many that were better than him. Um, of course, Joe Pesci won the Oscar for uh, Scorsese lost <laughs> to, uh, what's that guy's name? Um, uh, uh, Kevin Costner. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, Dances with Wolves. <laughs> oh, Jesus. That's got to be the biggest the biggest snub ever, right? That sucks. Or the biggest mistake ever. Kevin yeah, Costner. Like, yeah. He, he lost for Raging Bull to, <laughs> yeah. to Robert Redford for Ordinary People, and that's a really good movie. Dances with Wolves is just trash. And Kevin Costner, I, do, do people think he was going to turn into like a great director? I don't know. I don't Man. know what they thought. He, he, that, was, that was bad, but... Waterworld. Yeah. Oof. I, I just I just don't know why Leota didn't take off. I think the next movie he did was Karina Karina with Whoopi Goldberg. He Yikes. I feel like we're gonna bring up Marin a lot over the course of doing this, but um, yeah, because the interviews are yeah, we talk he, about. <laughs> Leota was on there, and I feel like he didn't speak much on uh, on Goodfellas. But yeah, I don't really know what happened with him. I don't know. I I, I think Leota considers himself movie. like a very successful actor, which he should, because he's working and that's how he pays his bills, but. He should have been a lot bigger. <laughs> right. he I knew he fought a... like really hard to get this role in Goodfellas. Who else was considered? I forget. Harvey Keitel. <laughs> I think oh, like yeah. Leota caught know. wind of this and read the script, yeah. and he had to like beg Scorsese basically. It, 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 and that's that's the same story with William H Macy and Fargo, but like he had to beg the Coens to let him in the movie. But who else could do that? Like who else could play Henry Hill as, as Leota did in, in that movie? I I don't know. Um, but it's 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 really just a, I, it's just Scorsese arguably has made the best movie of the seventies, the eighties, and the nineties, two thousands a little, <laughs> a little shaky. Um, he follows up Goodfellas with, are we, are we done on anything else? I mean, if you, everyone's seen it, if you haven't, 
certainly go see yeah. it. Um, so let's uh, let's take a break right there, and uh, when we come back, we're going to get into his follow-up movie to Goodfellas, Cape Fear, uh, and I have some thoughts on Cape Fear. So after Goodfellas, Scorsese follows it up with Cape Fear in 91, uh, another another pairing with De Niro and, and Nick Nolte, and I don't know who the wife is. Uh, Julia oh, Lewis. It's, it's, it's terrible because I can never remember. Jessica Lange. Jessica Lange. Julia Lewis is the <laughs> Julia daughter, Lewis right? is the daughter, yeah. yeah. Um, apparently Nicole Kidman campaigned for the role of the daughter, but I guess Scorsese felt Juliet Lewis would have would have been handling the material better. She's the worst. She's so she's great. Is she in Gilbert Grape? Is that her? Yeah. Yes. No, she's so like grim. I don't know. She's Christmas just like vacation. she's like grimy Come on. and Marjorie. Is that her name in Christmas Vacation? She... Audrey. Audrey. Yeah. <laughs> Wait. Is somebody Marjorie? Wait, who's Audrey? The daughter? Yeah. They're different in every movie. Different actors. Uh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. And wait, ne- is his son different in every act- movie too? Uh, yes. <laughs> no one could stand yeah. to be with Chevy Chase that long. <laughs> just, just no way. Although Beverly, Beverly, Beverly D'Angelo just de- ended up like gaining six hundred pounds after <laughs> doing four movies with Chevy Chase. Oh no! God, what a oh, don't man. make me laugh at those things. <laughs> what what <laughs> comedies? No, Beverly D'Angelo de- de- gaining six hundred pounds. I. That's what Dee told me. I never seen her fat. <laughs> I'm trying to remember. I've not seen it. Apparently, she gained a ton of weight, but she was a smoke show. And uh, she was like hotter than a who is it? Um, um, the woman in the red convertible. What's the model's name? Chrissy Brinkley. Chrissy, Chrissy Brinkley. Brinkley. She's like hotter than her. <laughs> like it's it's not that much of a step up for for Chevy. Um, where are we? Cape Fear. Uh, not a Chevy Chase movie. Although, so so Cape Fear come. Uh, Spielberg was originally going to direct it, and. and this is how you know it's just a studio piece of crap. He wanted Bill Murray to play Max Cady. That was his choice for Max. Was because and obviously Bill Murray in '90 was probably right after, or right around. No, when was Groundhog Day? Um, early '90, '92, '93. Yeah, was it? so I guess Murray was maybe not fully picking up or had a whole. I guess he had a full head of steam at that point. But um, Spielberg was like, "It's a studio movie. Why don't you just make it, and then you'll get money to fund your next projects." Um, it's it's it it definitely is more violent than how Spielberg would have would have done it, but it still is not it's not one of my it's not one of my my favorite Scorsese movies, and I don't think De Niro is good in it. I think he's just he tries way too hard in that movie. He does like he like I read on IMDb he spent twenty grand to fi- or fuck up his teeth and then fix them. Did not know that. <laughs> like it's it's that. stupid. He gained, he bulked up because they wanted. Nick Nolte is obviously like a big husky guy, and he had to lose a lot of weight, and De Niro had to put on that muscle so it like looked more intimidating. There's just a lot of, and then a lot of like chewing up the scenery with that accent, which was stupid. But uh, I think you guys like this movie a little bit better than me, a little more I than me. I Have not seen it. I've only seen the scene when he's smoking a cigar in the movie theater and they're watching <laughs> Problem Child, and I saw that that was on uh, VH1's <laughs> I Love the '90s. <laughs> wow. <laughs> D, you like this movie, then, don't you? Um, yeah, I do like this movie. Um, I haven't seen it in probably Since a couple of years. the first time you saw it and then decided not to see it again. Yeah, it's been a little while for, for me as well, but... I actually, I like De Niro in it, though. It is a little hammy. Yeah. I thought he was pretty good, though. I thought the premise, the premise of the movie is just, he, he's a guy who was put in jail um, by Nick Nolte, who's like a district attorney or something, and when he gets out of jail, he like goes to terrorize his family <laughs> basically yeah it's he blames nick nolte for right. his prison sentence i forget the 
the um, exact details, but and then he just stalks Nolte and his family. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's some good elements, and and Nick Nolte for what that guy is now, like he's just when you see him in some movies, when he's just, I mean, you see Nick Nolte in like Forty Eight Hours, and then you're like, all right, in thirty years, this guy is going to be just exactly what you would expect. But then you see him, and he's just like very clean cut. Like they, they could have just had Robert Redford play him. It's like right. just like a normal like handsome like father figure right. and it's just weird that it's nick dolty but it shows that guy's a lot of range he does yeah he's 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 falling through the cracks it's like somebody somewhere didn't step in to like help him he's, like he'll, he'll go any day now <laughs> who do you think who do you think dies first scorsese or nick dolty definitely nolte. Nolte, yeah. in like a week <laughs> yeah no, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna put that one into existence and feel terrible about it these things happen in um, fours who's the third I don't know. Wasn't it? No, they happened in threes. Mac Miller, yeah, no, Burt Reynolds. We're still waiting. Oh. I, I, I thought there was one before, right before Burt Reynolds, no? Somebody famous? Not that Mac Miller and Burt Reynolds are exactly uh, no. <laughs> Clooney, but. Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe. I, I don't All know. right, maybe it's I, Nick. I thought for sure it was going to be Sean Connery. <laughs> I thought for sure. Or forever. Um, Cape Fear, I think, was. I think De Niro was nominated for an Oscar for it. Um, I don't know about Scorsese. I think it was pretty pretty well um, pretty well received. Uh at the same time, though, uh, I don't. I don't think that it. I don't think Scorsese intended to make a bunch of money with it, like like Spielberg would have. That, um, I mean, look, Spielberg is a fine director. I don't want to do a whole show on Spielberg movies um, because I like two of them. But that guy just like he just knows how to make money, and this was definitely the kind of movie that you could see people really getting into because it's such a simple, like lifetime movie premise. Which it just that doesn't that doesn't work for for Scorsese for me when it's just such a it's like a like a telenovela premise it's it's just it feels cheap or something I don't know so then you need great performance to elevate it and maybe if you if you do like the De Niro performance I can see like the movie but um, I just I don't know it just it rubbed me the wrong way and Julia Lewis just it just feels like dirty she just feels like grimy all the time I can't explain it like she's in that movie wow. Due Date right with uh, Zach Galifianakis and Robert Downey Jr. Oh yeah right and she just like it's just gross. Like I don't know, she she just she puts me off. I like her. I like her. I like it too. Um, yeah. I, I listened to uh, fairly recently. It was um not not fairly, I mean a couple years ago, but I think Scorsese was on like uh, Jimmy Fallon or something, and uh, he he asked him about like when he found like how he found De Niro. Or, I'm sorry, how he found DiCaprio, mm-hmm. and he said um, Robert De Niro worked on that movie. Uh, I think he played like an abusive father. Uh, this boy's life. This boy's life. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, and De Niro was like, yeah, it's just like this kid's like pretty good. You got to check him out. And then <laughs> Scorsese like loves What's Eating Gilbert Grape. I don't know how he didn't pick Johnny Depp out of right. the, who was yeah. the, like, the good actor. In that, but, <laughs> but he really liked DiCaprio. And I assume that's how he found Juliette Lewis as well. Well, no, when was Gilbert Grape? That 92, 93. Yeah, it was right around the same time. So yeah. it was probably after after that, actually. Um, yeah, not, not, not a fan of her, but... Uh, uh, Cape Fear, yay for D, nay for me, Shawnee. Just, just be watch I Love the 90s instead. Yeah, <laughs> stick with that. All right. Uh, jumping ahead a little bit to uh, 1999's Bringing Out the Dead. The stars Nicolas Cage, John Goodman's in it, Ving Rhames is in it. Um, the, the basic gist is Nicolas Cage plays a, it, I think it spans three nights, and he doesn't sleep. He's a New York City paramedic uh, driving around in an ambulance, um, and he has three different partners but he's there the whole time. Um, he's just totally burnt out, and he sees the ghosts of people that he could not save. Uh, is that pretty much it? 
I think there's so. not really a plot to it from, yeah. from what I recall <laughs> I've seen it once or twice not in a few years though um, <laughs> and I remember I sort of didn't hate it didn't love it you know it was, I thought it was a yeah. decent movie um, this was uh, Scorsese's next um, uh, or maybe his last even pairing with Paul Schrader who we talked about uh, of first reform fame on this podcast uh, so Scorsese wanted Paul Schrader to, it was a novel written by a guy who actually was a paramedic and Scorsese wanted Paul Schrader to adapt it because um, he, he was good at writing about New York at night is what Scorsese said. you got to remember, though, after, I mean, Paul Schrader wrote Taxi Driver and Raging Bull and then went completely nuts. And First Reformed, he's, he's obviously nuts. Like, he's, he's, he's just nuts. Um, so he went off the deep end. And this movie doesn't, there's no, there's no plot. It's, it's, it's just bizarre and it's weird. Um, and uh, this is like, this is probably the Scorsese movie that no one knows about. I, I would, I would imagine it's just, it's not anywhere. You can like, and, and it's cage, it's cage. Like he is now just in these like direct to, to red box movies where he's completely, it, it's cage at his cagiest, I guess, like where he's completely, it's a perfect role for him actually, it's but he's, he's just nuts. Um, there's that one scene and I was reading it's it's when he's he's saving somebody's life and uh like a younger uh, the the main ghost he sees is like a young girl he couldn't save he's saving a young girl and Scorsese <laughs> this is 99 so he wasn't he wasn't doing coke at the time um like he was in the 80s but the actress had to perform the scene in reverse um they had to act it out backwards and then when they played it forward it appeared that the snow that was falling down was falling upward right so it's kind of cool looking like at least you can get something out of a scorsese movie and and, and not exactly a technique but just a um I, like tarantino did that in pulp fiction right, where, where they're pulling like the needle out of uma thurman's oh, right. pulls like out of her th- out of her heart yeah. I, don't, I don't know how they did that and why don't they just get one of those toy needles that go in it couldn't have been so much easier um but that's that's bringing out the dead I, it's not very memorable for, for a Scorsese movie and, and really it, it might be worth seeing just for how nuts Cage is but, but probably nothing nothing crazy um, I, I assume he was preparing for this movie when he was making uh, Bringing Out the Dead and Scorsese said Bringing Out the Dead they were filming in New York in January and every at night so it was just miserable um, and his wife was like pregnant at the time and, and Scorsese and Cage uh, was um, Cage was married to Patricia Arquette who's in the, Patricia Arquette yeah yeah who's in the movie at the time and they got divorced like right after so it was there's probably <laughs> there's probably a story behind what went wrong with that movie um but uh Scorsese followed it up with 2002's Gangs of New York his uh, second pairing with with Daniel Day-Lewis uh, the first being The Age of Innocence which I've not seen um but Roger Ebert I was just going through this book that Roger wrote on Scorsese and he listed as one of <laughs> one of his best um I don't know but Gags in New York is, is one of my favorite uh favorite Scorsese movies um of the of the last uh, last 20 years I guess um and it, I think it's his first uh his first film working with DiCaprio is it, can that be right Aviator that was 2004 was okay uh, yeah, I think you're right. I think it is uh, Gangs in New York is the first collaboration. Wow. Um, so you get just just somebody somebody explain this to me. Just walk me through this this thought process. We're, we're making a movie, a, a huge, expensive movie, um, and we have Daniel Day Lewis, the greatest actor, uh, probably the greatest film actor to ever live, to play one role. We have Leonardo DiCaprio, who's the biggest movie star in the world, to play the other role. We need a female lead. <laughs> Who says Cameron Diaz? Uh, 
Like, how does that come in, come into play? Yeah, she I mean, was. Uh, she's just she out of her league. Like, definitely miscast in that one. It, I yeah, mean, I'd it, agree, but if it's not Dermot Mulroney, she's pretty much useless. I'd agree, but she was probably huge at that time. Like, and just like she was probably like the female equivalent yeah. to DiCaprio, probably. Maybe. It's right around yeah, that as far time, as like success. And, probably true. Um, it's right around that time too when she sort of tried to transition from like comedy to drama. Like she was in like dumb movies in the nineties, like the something Mask. about Mary, something about Mary. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, well, that's, that's a by great far movie. her best movie. Yeah, yeah. But then <laughs> the she mask was in uh, <laughs> like being John Malkovich in like the late nineties. Oh, yeah. oh yeah, it's right. She, she wasn't. She played that, his though. girlfriend, and then she was in well. It was a stupid movie, but Vanilla Sky with Tom Cruise. <laughs> you know what? So I guess she's a good actress. <laughs> she deserved to be in. She deserved to be in Gangs of New York. Uh, I guess uh, Scorsese wants to give her a shot. I don't know. It, it it doesn't it doesn't sound Scorsese like when right. I don't know. I mean, I assume Kate Blanchett was floating around out there like somewhere. Probably she would have been perfect for it. Pro- probably yeah, pro- yeah probably could have nailed it. Um, uh, Shawnee, give us give us your thoughts on on Gangs of New York while I look up. Uh, Gangs uh, work. Um, I liked Liam Neeson in it. He was in it for what first five minutes. That's right. Yeah, it's yeah. One, one of his better Spoilers, times for sure. Yeah. Um, Priest Valen. Now there's a lot of. I feel like a lot of the secondary characters are great. Like Brendan Gleeson does a great job. Brendan yeah, Gleeson, Ray Winston, uh, Ray Winstone's in in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah, so. yeah. They're. Yep. I mean, they're both. They're both very good. Yeah, that's that's true. That's a good point. There's a lot of good secondary. Um, or supporting actors, I should say, in that, in that movie. Yeah, the, but the and British then guy from, uh, uh, the guy we like from Another Year, and Jim, no, Jim Broadbent. Jim Broadbent. Yeah, Broadbent. Yeah. yeah. He he plays the like the wait who he's like one of the local politicians, I think. He's who's like the famous one though. Um, God, and this isn't just like a movie thing. This is American history that we're not <laughs> that we're blacking on. Um, uh, John C. Riley's in it, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's, he's really good. Too. I'm sorry, I'm I'm so I'm so distracted because Cameron Diaz hasn't made a movie in four <laughs> years and no one no one has noticed. Like no <laughs> one said anything. Say the last movie she made EZA, probably was uh, the Annie movie where where Jamie Foxx plays a guy named Stax instead of Daddy Warbucks. <laughs> Daddy Stax. She made Sex Tape with Jason Segel, the other woman. She made three movies in 2014 and nothing since. Daddy Stax. Um, man, oh my god, just IMDb Cameron Diaz and go through her movies. Um, I like a lot of uh, oh man Daniel Day Lewis's colorful language within the movie. He is so good in that very, movie. Very <laughs> incredible. A lot of movie. slurs, a lot of racism from him. Adrian Brody and it's not Adrian Brody won best actor that year. Everyone remember that for the pianist. For the pianist, he beat out Nicholson and About Schmidt, uh, Cage and Adaptation and uh, Day Lewis. Have you, <laughs> wow. you guys, have either of you guys seen the pianist? I have. Good. Yep. I saw the pianist in theaters. Was it good? Uh, was he deserving? When I was, how old was You're I? A young boy. That, that was what thir- thirteen. Um, I probably hated it in theaters. Yeah, yeah. It, it's a it's a good movie. Um, Adrian Brody's fine in it. I think I would probably have liked it more. Like kind of now that I know who Adrian Brody is, but I guess it doesn't work that way because he wouldn't be anyone if it wasn't for that movie. Right. Um, yeah, it's a good movie, but it, it doesn't. I mean, <laughs> this is one of Daniel Day Lewis's best performances. Yeah. And when you really break it down. I mean, his performance as Daniel Plainview in, in There Will Be Blood, which we're, we'll certainly get to um, in a later podcast, is, is I, I think it's the second best in film history behind a Scorsese De Niro performance in Raging Bull. Um, and I think, you know, that movie came out 11 years ago, uh, There Will Be Blood did, but I think it'll go down in history as 
I don't know who could ever possibly top that performance, but Gangs of New York is, is up there, too. That might be a second-best performance. Yeah. Um, second-best performance behind Daniel Plainview. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you only have, like, four other ones to, to choose yeah. from. When but. he's doing a really funny voice, I guess that is his best, huh? I mean, yeah. He's really, he's pretty good in Lincoln. Yeah, he's very he's good in Lincoln. very good in Lincoln. Um, my Left Foot is pretty impressive what he did in that. Not an awesome movie, yeah. decent movie, but he's pretty good in that. I, I still think we have to figure out a way to do, <laughs> to do to do a podcast, not not necessarily a podcast, but just we sync it up with a movie. So when people watch the movie, we can do the commentary of like serious movies, though. Because like the hardest I laughed was watching, and not because of his his disability, just kind of like when we we're watching that movie and the stuff we were saying, we we're watching My Left Foot, just like because they're like Irish and like Brenda Fricker from from. Uh, Angels in the Outfield. Outfield's yeah. in it. <laughs> like she won Best Supporting Actress for that. She won. I think so. That's, yeah, man. Yeah. So you're Brenda Fricker. <laughs> <laughs> you, you have an Oscar. <laughs> Seven years later, you're, you're like sitting in a, at a kitchen table with Danny Glover and Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Dermot Mulroney. Why? Why in Angels in the Outfield was Dermot Mulroney? That's that's a dad, right? But he yeah. plays a good grease ball on the motorcycle. Right. Yeah. Just you know, as all derelict fathers do. <laughs> I also don't think that's how, I don't think that's how like foster homes work. I don't think like the dad can, can just come and go as he pleases. Like, I, I think you have to like be totally gone, or else they would make you like take care of your kid. And then like, <laughs> and it's funny. He's like, the kid's like, well, do you want to be my father again? He's like, I'll tell you what. If, if the Angels win the World Series, I'll be your dad again. It's such like. <laughs> And, he, and the guy, like, he, he doesn't appear to be, like, a baseball fan. He's just, like, on a motorcycle wearing, like, a leather jacket. Like, why would he – why would that be the one thing that he, That's what he, he looks up. He comes up with. He looks up and he sees the stadium down the street. And that's why he says it. <laughs> uh, you know it's, the Angels aren't winning the World Series. Get out of here. If, <laughs> if you asked me, like, in 1998 what my favorite movie of all time was, it would have been Angels in the Outfield. And that was only and then it was, 20 uh, years the ago. The following year it was The Rock. Starring the the Rock, the Rock as in Nicolas Cage and Sean Connery. What, what I'll tell tell anyone that really wants to get into movies is just like pick a movie you really like. D brought the Rock over to my house for my thirteenth birthday, and at every like every movie I've seen is some sort of a branch off of the Rock. To, to be completely honest, because I watched that a thousand <laughs> times, and then it was like oh, okay, like this guy Sean Connery's in other movies, this guy Nicolas Cage is in other movies. Like I wonder what other movies, and then it just like it just branches off. But I think if you built like a tree of every movie I've seen. It's come down from The Rock. <laughs> like, that is the first movie that I can remember, that I can remember actually, like, loving. And I just watched it again recently, and it holds up. It, it really does. It's it's so Classic. so handy. We're doing a oh, whole episode on The Rock at some point. We're, we're doing an entire podcast on The Rock. Yeah. yeah we'll yeah. just, just start, it up, start yeah, yeah, a new one. Whole, yeah. Yep, The Rock cast. Yep. <laughs> People will be like, where's Dwayne Johnson? There you go. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, you know what I was thinking about? Um... um I'm not, I'm not going to remember, but I was trying to think of, uh, um, oh, that when we're talking about Burt Reynolds, um, it kind of came into my head. I think the rock is like the equivalent to Burt Reynolds. Just can't act at all. Massive movie star opens movies, ex football player. The, The wrestler, the rock is the closest thing we have is the current day Burt Reynolds. Yeah, probably. I don't know who else could be it. Just stupid movies. Like, some that are kind of comedic. You're right. I know. All right. But back to Gangs of New York. Um, D, you're, you're pretty fond of this movie as well? Um, 
Yeah, I like this movie a lot, but it's definitely, um, like, I have some problems with it. And it's one of, you know... What is it, too, too good of acting? Which <laughs> just Cameron Diaz. Actually, I think this is one of DiCaprio's weaker performances. Uh, I would agree with that as well, I think. Yeah, probably is. I don't think he's great in it. Struggles with the Irish accent yeah. a little bit. Oh, he's Irish in it? Yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't even he, remember that. Does he have an accent? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think he does. Think it's he... in and out. <laughs> yeah, I feel like he does. And I feel like, yeah, I feel like he can't do accents. Yeah. I feel like his, like, southern accent in Django Unchained wasn't good either. <clears throat> no, that's one of his weaker performances. Yeah. Um, and we're going to get to one where he does a Boston accent in Shutter Island, which is in and out. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah not, he really, yeah, yeah he, just, he's, just not everyone your, can do it. Just do your best with it, Leo. If, if, you, don't do look, if you don't look like Leonardo DiCaprio, then, then you're, you're in trouble. Um, the one thing, my biggest issue is the ending of this movie, the very end, where they're playing, like, a U2 song and they're showing, like, the New York skyline as it develops throughout yeah, the, the years. Right. Time yeah. lapse. Yeah, it was a little... Yeah, I, 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 that kind of takes so, you out of it. And a bit. the argument, I think Scorsese said, was um, they, leave the, they leave the Twin Towers, and although the movie was released like a couple months after, or a couple, maybe even a year after 9-11, um, and he said it's about the people that built this country, not took it down. But literally all they do is fight. Right. It's just like five or six... What are they called? The five points? Yep. Yeah. And they just fight. With like axes and they're like ripping each other's eyes out, and it, it yeah, just yeah, it's pretty brutal actually. Filmed it apparently filmed it in Italy, and De Lewis like wouldn't wear what was the story he wouldn't wear like a jacket because it wasn't of the time. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. Like, it wasn't a uh, period appropriate. I think he got like sick. He got like hypothermia yeah. or something. <laughs> Psycho. And he also uh, DiCaprio accidentally punched him and broke his nose in a fight scene. Oh wow, I didn't know that. But they just kept doing. It. Yeah, that, well, that's why Delos' that. nose is all messed up. Oh, till this day. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like look, look at look at him in there. Will be blood. His nose is completely crooked. It looks like Alan Wilson, and it was because DiCaprio broke his nose and they didn't stop. Like Delos wasn't like, hold on, <laughs> he just kept going. No, no, no medical treatment. <laughs> God, how do you like being his wife? If he really stays in character uh, for a year at a time. <laughs> See you in a year. Uh, all right, all right, all right, honey. Who are you today? <laughs> I'm Bill the Butcher. <laughs> He's, he's got a bigger okay. accent than DiCaprio. I'm going to go stay at my mother's. <laughs> I'm going to go stay at my father, Arthur Miller's house. <laughs> I, can, I mean, can you imagine? Uh, yeah. And appara- apparently, like, his agent had to, like, have a conversation with him in um, uh, My Left Foot, and he wouldn't break character. And in right. My Left Foot, he has cerebral palsy, and he's right. completely hunched. He broke his ribs because of the way That's he right. sat yeah. for the, in the super, wheelchair. He made members enough. of the crew carry him around. It, <laughs> yeah. That's so crazy. <laughs> That's actually great. And they had people call him Mr. President, right? Wasn't that like, uh, wasn't that one of like the big things on the, um, um, <laughs> oh um in uh, Lincoln? Prompt. Wouldn't be it's, surprised. It's, he's, he's, you know, it's funny. Has it been confirmed or denied if that Heath Ledger skateboard picture as a Joker is real? That is. Um, I think it might be photoshopped. Yeah, it has to be. Yeah. It would be too perfect, but apparently like. Um, I saw. I was listening to um, to an interview with Eric Roberts, who plays like the like main gangster, I guess, in The Dark Knight. And although like Keith Ledger's performance is so great in that, apparently he was just like a goofball, like off like off screen, just like messing around. He like played cards, but apparently Day Lewis is not into that. He is he all is business. as method as it gets. Um, He's all in. Yeah, Gangs of New York is it's it's also a long movie. Um, There's one one thing in the beginning I don't like. It starts off so great. It's the very first scene. Mm-hmm. It's snowing. Yeah. 
all the gangs just gather you know, yeah. opposite each other. And Daniel Day-Lewis says a few words. And that whole scene's great up mm-hmm. until this point is when they actually start fighting. When Liam Neeson comes on screen? <laughs> well, he says a few words too, right? Right, yeah. They the There's fight. sort of yeah. like a, a back and forth dialogue between right. those two. But then when the fight actually starts, it's like this slow motion and like it's weird contemporary music. Oh yeah. It just kind of, so it doesn't really that's... work. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's so it's sort of hokey. It, it, yeah. It's like a night's tale with Hugh Fletcher. <laughs> early, I feel but, like early 2000s specifically was weird with that. I feel like that, people liked that then. Like that weird, like, it was a phase like rap music playing over like a, yeah, like that's a true. Weird, like shutter speed, which caused like motion to look really weird and distort it. it yeah. Yeah, is there um, in that first scene, I'm, I'm trying I'm trying to picture it. And I think you see Day Lewis and he's like in front of like his gang. And do they, like, maybe I'm just putting this in my head, but they show him, and then they zoom in and it's his glass eye and it's like an eagle in the yeah. eye, right? Yeah. Yep. Is that how they show it though? Yes. It's awesome, yeah. and that's great. Then I'm fine with everything else. You just turn <laughs> the movie off there. Um, but yeah, it's. I don't know. It's a, it's a very like watchable movie. Like I enjoy it every yeah. time I watch it. Every yeah, time I watch it, my God, this movie's awesome. But absolutely, it's yeah. definitely uh, entertaining. Yeah, it's a good one for him. All right, um, we're jumping ahead a little bit further now into uh, 2010 Shutter Island. I think this is a really underrated movie. I like this movie a lot. It gets a little bit long, but I like this movie a lot. I also like this movie a lot. Yeah, DiCaprio is good in it. I like. Uh, I think Ruffalo is good in it. Well, he's not. He's good in one thing. And one thing only. God, I hate that guy. I really hate that guy. No, he he is he is he's fine in it. He's much better in it than he is in the movies he gets nominated for Oscars for. Like the kids are all right. That's that's one of the worst movies. I mean, no, I like that one. Uh, and then where's what? it been? Where, where's it? That's true. It came that's and right. went. It came that and went. That is true. That is very true. Um, it, it totally came and went. He he's great in um Spotlight. I really like him in that. But but no, he is he is good in this and. Uh, Michelle Williams. I think she's she's I very mean, good. She yeah. she takes oh, yeah. the most depressing roles. And this one is very depressing, very dark. It was yeah, dark. It gets, yeah. um, um, it gets so the premise of the movie is DiCaprio and Ruffalo. Should we just spoil it? Might yeah, well. eight yeah. years. Yeah, I don't care if you haven't seen it. Um, Pause for the next yeah, like ten minutes. Yeah. So DiCaprio and Ruffalo um, are shown at first as two detectives going to investigate a missing missing person uh, claim at a mental institution. Um, so they're working together, and, and strange, strange things are happening um, all throughout between these these two people. Um, especially, there's like a doctor uh, there, and this is sort of around. Um, I guess it would have made sense that he would have been like a Nazi doctor performing experiments, and DiCaprio senses his character senses that's what's going on here. Yep. Um, so really bizarre, a lot of weird stuff happens. Um, it's like a suspenseful, kind of creepy movie. Uh, Jackie Earl, Jackie Earl Haley has a good turn in it. Uh, Max von Sydow from uh, The Seventh Seal and Shutter Island. <laughs> it's only two movies. Yeah. Oh, and uh, Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close. He's an Exorcist, that. right? Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, big one. Um, ben Kingsley plays the, the, the Doctor. He's kind of the, the other lead. Um, he's great in it. Uh, who's that girl? I like Emily Mortimer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, she's great mm-hmm. in it. She plays one of the patients. Yeah, so um, we get through this whole thing, and, and DiCaprio, uh, I, I, can't, I can't even remember. He, he seems to have cracked the case. Um, and you think he's he's going in to confront this doctor with, um, I, I can't even remember what the what his thinking was. Um, I think that he I just watched it recently too. He thinks that they like killed a patient 
and we're trying to cover it up, I, I think. But I don't necessarily remember. But anyway, he gets there, and Ben Kingsley explains to him through, like, a series of, like, like what his name is is, is not really it's, – it's a anagram for another name. And it turns out that DiCaprio is the missing patient. He is a patient right. at the facility, and this right. is an experimental treatment where Mark Ruffalo, his doctor, sets up this – this game for him more or less um to see if it'll it'll help him out uh the reason dicaprio is in is a patient in this mental hospital is because his wife played by michelle williams uh drowned their kids yes or set them on fire yeah. drowned them so yeah and, and that that scene they do not shy away <laughs> like when dicaprio finds right. it it is yeah. a long scene that's yeah. a that's a tough, yeah, tough yeah, one that to watch true. that's like when um they go through i mean he like discovers them and then it has to like yeah play all he has to like tone down his emotions yep. so like he doesn't set her off and, yeah oh that is such does a he ultimately crazy kill her? tense scene i think he does yeah mm-hmm. what does he do snap her neck he burn, he burn <laughs> I the, do. does he burn the place i remember there's there's a something about fire. a fire yeah, yeah. uh because she he like he has like hallucinations and as before you and know she's he's always mental. like she like, turns to dust yeah yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Um, I think it's an underrated movie. I think the twist is awesome. We had a book club for for one book, and that was it. Me and they both read it. <laughs> Got it at the half price bookstore. I read it and they gave it to him. So for Last the price book of two. I read. <laughs> um, 2010. But it, it's year. it's cool. It's 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 a very like. It might not be the most Scorsese movie you, you may have. I mean, yeah, it's probably a little bit. Yeah, it's, it's probably a notch below even David Fincher, but sort yeah. of that style. Right. Everything's like darker. Um, but but it's it's a good movie. It's an enjoyable movie. It's not one of his best, but um, I think it's a little underrated. Yeah. Like now, tell it, your, it uh, now tell your movie theater story when you saw it. <laughs> so I guess it, so it came out in 2010. So we were like sophomores in college, I guess. And at least Dee and I were. And uh, Shawnee was in eighth grade. Uh, <laughs> the boy. Uh, so Dee and I get to, well, like, you're younger. <laughs> there was there was a stretch. I, maybe it was like my sophomore year of college where my last class was at like 1130. So I go to a lot of movies on on Friday afternoon and see like see new movies, but not have to deal with the the crowd of, of high schoolers on the Friday night. And this was one of them, I believe. And uh, Dee and I go to the movie, and we just you know we leave a seat. This is before the recliners and everything, so we leave a seat. Although we should leave a seat in between the recliners too; it's still too close. But we leave a seat in between us. Um, so we're just, I mean, I don't know, maybe there's five other people in the theater. It wasn't crowded <laughs> yeah, at it was, all. It was, yeah. If, uh, yeah, if that. <clears throat> so, I mean, we're there f- before the trailers even start. During the trailers, like, a, a girl who looked probably around our age kind of walks in, and she just sits, like, in front of us, like, in a, in a row in front of us. So, last trailer ends, and it's, like, they're putting, <laughs> it's, it's literally saying, like, a Martin Scorsese picture on the screen. And this girl turns around and goes, can I sit in between you? This looks like a scary movie. Climbs over the row of seats that she's in and sits in between us the entire movie. The movie ends and she's like, that was intense. What did you guys think? <laughs> and we just had nothing to say. Like it was, it was it, it, like, it was before um, the Colorado thing uh, with, with the Dark Knight, but this was like scary. Like this is like something might happen here. This girl seems nuts. And, and she was, she was definitely nuts. Cause who does that? Yeah. Who does that? That's it. Just wanted to hear that. So, yeah, that's why I have Shutter Island on the list. I think everybody needs to hear that. <laughs> um, yeah, and that's a true story. That was, that was, that was bizarre. That was weird. bizarre. I, um, I saw, saw a movie last night, a pretty packed house um, at, at Bryn Mawr, and I, I, I always sit, I mean, the screen there is very small, so I always sit really close to the front. It was at, in that really long theater. And, um, I, I mean, I, sit, I like to sit three rows in the screen, basically in any theater anyway. I'm, I'm definitely uh, more for being up close, but... Um, I just kind of sat on the on the end, and like people are filing in. <laughs> There's like a couple, and they stop. There's a bunch of empty seats next to me. They kind of look at them, 
And they like look the other way, and they go and they, they sit like two rows from the screen where there's like an empty, empty couple seats. They realize that's too close. They get out of them, come back, stand, look at my seats again, and I'm just like I'm not saying anything. I kind of like I'm about to look at them, but you guys can like no one's here. Before I can do that, they just, <laughs> they just like see like an older guy, like just I mean the the creepiest guy I've ever seen in my life is sitting like on on an aisle seat as well with no one next to him, and they go and sit next to him. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's all right. So yeah, there's some interesting. Uh, uh, movie characters and Shawnee, what time are we at here? One oh five. Oh man, this is a long one. Um, but I'm gonna stop talking because I've not seen this. <laughs> Silence, 2016. Is this uh, his most recent just, movie? Let's just get right. I think it this is real quick. I think it is his most yeah. recent yeah. movie. Right. Yep. Well, you two have at it. <laughs> what is there to say? It's not silent. It's very. Uh, <laughs> it's not quiet. But is it? It is quiet. It's it's a, it's kind of silent. Oh, this is a hell of a review. Not a lot of talking. <laughs> It's okay. No, All right, it's, so, so um, it's not a silent film. No, it's very intense and it's long. It's like almost three hours. What's the, what's the general the general premise? Priests. I mean, yeah, two priests. They're played one played by Andrew Garfield, the other by Adam Driver. They're two really good young actors. Yeah, definitely on a uh, quest to find the head priest, played by Liam Neeson. Mm-hmm. And. Um, yeah, a lot of religious undertones. Apocalypse now for for Very priests. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's accurate. Um, but yeah, it's like a three-hour journey, and uh, they get split up. Adam Driver and Andrew Garfield, and where the Andrew Japan? Garfield has to. Is it Japan? It know? starts off. Yeah, they're in. They're Portuguese, so they're in Portugal in the beginning. Right, right, right. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> but then they travel to Japan to try and find um, their mentor, Liam Neeson. Yeah. He's played by Liam Neeson. <laughs> I mean, he's my mentor. All right, I, I, like, I got to see all the it's movies. Just like yeah. a, it's, the whole thing is like basically a huge test of will for Andrew Garfield's character. <laughs> he loves it. And Driver's just like, you know what, I'm good. It was, it was actually it really good. This it one is. was a little underrated. But it's like all about this young priest getting like his faith tested left and right. Until the very end, and yeah, based on a really, really famous book, and I, I know Scorsese was working on it for like it was in the works forever. Yeah, passion project right. for years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think didn't he um, kind of back off it? Like, and when we say years, like we're talking a very, very long time. And I feel like he backed off it after the last Temptation of Christ, like all the backlash he got. Oh, really? I, I think I think that's what it was. Um, that was like in the eighties. Um, but I remember at one point it was um, it was Day Lewis and. Benicio del Toro, or yeah, we're on to play the priest. So that right. if they if they're young guys, it happened a long time ago. But you got the next best thing, which is uh, Adam Driver. You know, from Girls. <laughs> Man, he's a good actor, but I just that show's just so awful. I think I feel bad. I I, I can't watch him in it. He's good. He's he, good. He's he, solid actor. He's a, he's a good actor. I saw him in um the first time I well I knew he was in Girls, but I saw him in um there's a movie with Daniel Radcliffe and Zoe Kazan called What If. Anyone? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like a like a kind of like a Five Hundred Days of Summer rom com. It was actually pretty yep. good. And Adam Driver just plays like his roommate plays Andrew Gar- or not Andrew Garfield plays Dan Radcliffe's roommate. And I was like, oh, this guy's like pretty good. <laughs> like I liked him. And then I saw him in uh, yeah. I guess Lou and Davis, which I liked him in oh, a lot. Yeah, he's, great. he's got a little yeah. role in Lincoln with Day mm-hmm. Lewis. So um, yeah, pretty good actor. Um, but yeah, Silence. Um, I would recommend it for sure. And then uh, that's it. You never have to watch it again. <laughs> yeah. I think I'm it's, a one and done. It just seems like a chore. Yeah, I feel like I don't have to watch it again. It is. It's definitely a little bit meandering. It takes a little patience to get through it. Yeah. It's good though. I think it's it's actually one of his 
intense best, raw movie. Well, it's a, it's like one of his best looking movies, I think. Yes, yeah, and definitely, definitely in recent years, yep, yeah. definitely uses who's, the who's landscape and cinematographer. Everything. Couldn't tell you. I yeah, know. I don't know. Um, well, you guys keep talking about it, and I'll look it up. <laughs> mm, that's about all I got. Uh, I don't, he Scorsese really hasn't. He really hasn't used the same cinematographer a lot, right? I'm not sure. I, I mean, I mean, un, unlike the Coens who were only using, right? You know, uh, Rod, it was a guy named Rodrigo Prito who was the uh, I assume won an Oscar for Brokeback Mountain. Um, oh god, that movie Lost Caution. I think that's. Um, I don't know it. That's uh, what I don't know. Oh, it's an Ang, the Ang Lee movie. I think it's um, like about prostitutes in like wartime Taiwan, maybe. Um, yeah, so this guy's pretty big, but yeah, I don't. I don't oh man, yeah, did a little cinematography on vinyl, which was Ooh. was not Scorsese's finest uh, finest hour. Um, yeah, he's worked with this guy Wolf of Wall Street. Um, well, wow. yeah, a lot of uh, all this guy does like all of Inarritu. Yeah, he's done every Inarritu movie. 21 grams. Well, we'll get to him soon. Uh, but but while vinyl was not... Anyone watch vinyl, by the way? Yes. Yeah, I wanted I to, did. but I didn't see Loved it. Loved it. I thought it was really good. Really? Yeah. yeah. Didn't get that second season. I was surprised. Yeah. I don't know. Bobby I didn't Conor Valley killed it. He's awesome. He's the best. And uh, he has, a, a, I believe it was an Emmy-winning turn in a, a Scorsese-produced and one-episode-directed television show, Boardwalk Empire, a show that I absolutely <laughs> love. Um, yeah, that is kind of Valley. Yeah, he plays Chip, right? Season three? Yes. I'm, I wanted to do it before. I'm going to do it after we record. But uh, there's the scene where uh, Richard, played by Jack Houston, is that the guy's name? Yeah. yeah. Uh, goes into the brothel yeah, to kill Jeff. <laughs> is it a brothel? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's it's a great. It's just the greatest thing ever. Yeah. It really is. But uh, Boardwalk Empire. So Scorsese executive produced it, um, and it, uh, the show first off, and I assume Scorsese obviously had to sign off on it, but it gives a platform for Steve Buscemi to really kind of spread his acting wings as opposed to like three Absolutely. minutes in Adam Sandler movie. Yeah. Um, and he does. And he he's does just it. great in it. Scorsese only directed the first, the first episode though. What do you guys remember from, from the first episode? It's one thing that I, it might be my favorite moment in TV history, to be honest, when I think about it. Oh man. Yeah. I can't remember much. Set it, um, set it I mean, up. I know, um, I know, Nucky kills uh, the woman's husband, right? Is that the, my, is that the first episode? What's oh. her name again, that actress? I love her. Um, from No Country, Kelly yeah, McDonald. Kelly McDonald, yeah. yeah. Scottish. Oh, uh, right. Okay. So, so the, the, the gist of the show is Steve Buscemi plays a crooked politician in Atlantic City, um, kind of as Atlantic City's reaching its, its, its heyday. Um, and it takes place opens up on the first the first day of prohibition um after that that law is passed um and the one thing that i remember from the first episode and i I, there's actually two very scorsese things there's one where he's giving um he's giving like a talk to uh like a women's group in the community and he does that like super fast zoom in from like the back of the auditorium yeah, like on I, his face. Right. Yeah, I remember like all of his camera yeah. techniques are used like in that yeah. one episode. Yeah, he gets it all out. <laughs> and, and then the um, another not used anymore. Yeah, and then it's just your typical TV director. Yeah. It's like doing the rest. But uh right. the, the the episode ends with um I don't know what that's called, where the screen just turns into like like a small circle. Like it's all black except for yeah, a small circle like, like on the moon or something. And then it goes yes, away. I guess you can say so he does yeah it's it's very Scorsese like that. But there's the one scene where 
Buscemi's character, um, his like assistant is played by Michael Pitt, and Michael Pitt like drives his car around, and, and Buscemi's at a meeting, and like with a, some guys from Chicago, and Michael Pitt is standing outside like smoking cigarettes with a, a, one of the other gangsters' drivers. <clears throat> so they're just like talking and, and kind of shooting the breeze, and uh, um, the the gangsters come out and. Uh, it's like time to go. So Michael Pitt's character says to the guy like, Oh, like my name's Jimmy Darmody, by the way. And the guy's like, Oh, it's good to meet you. Al Capone. <laughs> and it, it's like idea. how they introduce Al Capone. Oh, and, right. it, yeah. and it's, it's the great, it's, I just got chills just, just right. recapping that. Cause it's the greatest thing ever. And that show, the saving grace of that show is when Capone gets really big. Yeah. Um, end of season three, I th- man, yeah, wish I knew that guy's name. Stephen Graham. Stephen Graham. Yeah, so British good. actor. And he so just incredibly is good. so good. I mean, everyone in that show is good, though. There, yeah, there is a lot. Michael of great Shannon characters. is great in that yeah. show. He really is. Great. Michael Shannon, Jeffrey Wright had a good Jeffrey role. Wright. Yeah. yeah. What's his name? Yeah. Nar- Narcisse. Dr. Yeah. Narcisse. Oh, man, yeah. that's creepy. Um, Shea Wiggum is that his name? Yeah, yeah. 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 plays his brother, the cop. Michael K. Um, and and well, Bobby Cannavale is, I think, the only one who, other than Buscemi, who won an award for for his role as Chip Rossetti. Yeah. He was just a lunatic. Um, was he only so in the one guess, season? Yeah. I think that was the best season. Was that two or three? That was three. Yeah. I, I, I think there's... there. I, I, man, it, this show is worth watching, and there's a part where... I'm, try, I'm trying to remember it fully, but it's Nucky's in a lot of hot water. I think it's season three, and Al Capone is not quite like a celebrity yet, but he's, he's really like a prominent gangster now in Chicago, and there's just a scene where, like, <laughs> like it, the Al Capone character is used sparingly, but it's great every time he's in it. Like, even even in that first season, there's um, he, he's just, he's again, he's just like a like a lackey, and he is like a bartender at a club, and uh, like a reporter comes in and says like, oh, what do you know about like um, this murder, or whatever? And Al Capone's like, I don't know anything. And the guy's like, come on, just like give me a statement. And Al Capone's like, I don't know anything. And the guy like kind of badgers him, and he's like, I don't know anything. So eventually, Al Capone like jumps across the bar and just 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 starts pounding this guy and somebody comes in and is like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm making a statement. <laughs> it's just like, he has like a lot of lines like that where right. people like love him in it, but he comes back and it, he's probably not in it for a little while, but somebody like, I, I can't remember how it happened. Somebody goes to um, Chicago to get him right. to bring him back to Jersey. Cause Nucky needs him, And they were sort of working on something and he like shows up and he gets out of his car and Nucky's like, they're in like the woods or something and yeah. Nucky's like standing there and Al Capone and he sees it's Al Capone and he's like and Al Capone gets out of the car and he's just like he's like alright I need a drink a bath and a meal and then we'll talk about who we're gonna kill and like that's how the episode yeah. ends yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of like a lot of good stuff like that yeah it was so good um, the other most notable thing I guess from that show for me is when Michael Shannon's character and spoiler I, this is old so you, I mean you definitely should have seen it but Michael Shannon's character um, he is He's I'm trying to remember here. He's like a like a Bible thumper in season one, and he's just really a family man on a prohibition. He has some like doesn't he have some kind of weird like sexual thing or like an affair or something? Um, he gets somebody pregnant, just like a prostitute or somebody. Yeah, yeah, pro- right. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but then he kills his partner. Not his partner. He kills somebody baptizing them, remember? Yes. He yeah. drowns them, yeah. Like, he's literally, like, a minister giving a baptism, but drowns somebody. Um, and he kind of falls off the deep end. I can't remember if he's he's undercover or he's, he's like, a 
he just kind of goes gangster. But his character's name was Nelson Van Alden. And I think he starts in like season four, he starts working with like Nucky's brother. And I think he's not like a cop anymore. But there's a point where maybe you guys remember it. It's when he dies. He's in Al Capone's office and there's, there's a cop there. Something happens. And he like, he, Michael Shannon's character knows he's going to die. So after like all the stuff, he goes from like this great family man, stand up like police officer to just like a criminal. So he like jumps across the table at Al Capone and I forget there's like a report, there's a reporter there and he says something like, He's like, my name's Nelson Van Alden, and I'm, a, I'm like a U.S. Marshal or something. And then he gets killed, like, right away. But he, like, that's like, the last thing he says, and I think that's that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And, and great Michael Shannon going completely nuts. Um, so but, if yeah. there's uh, anything to take away from this show, it's the performances. <laughs> Watch it for the performances. Yeah, that's true. There's there's a lot of really good performances. It's uh, crazy. Yeah, in, in, that, in that show it is. It is. It's, it's, that's, it's one of the better HBO shows ever. It's better than Game of Thrones. One of the uh, Arquettes is in it towards the end. Is that Patricia Arquette? No. Yes. Is it? Yes. It's she, like, in like he's like girlfriend. In like Florida. Florida. Oh, right. Yeah, she owns yeah. like, a, it's like the last like a club season. in Florida. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Gets a little incesty, Jimmy and his yeah. mom. Oh, that that's, yeah. that puts, yeah. you, puts you off a little bit. You know what else is coming, though, in, in Ozark? That girl's dad. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> that's gonna be, that is going to be tough to watch. And we bring it full circle. That is going to be tough. <laughs> to, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, I guess we talked about Martin Scorsese in, the, in this episode. <laughs> um, I'll have to sift through it. Yeah, so, so to recap, uh, who's that knocking at my door? I say check it out. The King of Comedy. D says check it out. Goodfellas, if you haven't seen it, you should not listen to this podcast anymore. Uh, Cape Fear. D says check it out. I pass. Bring out the dead. Whatever. Gangs of New York. I think we all kind of like. Shutter Island, we all kind of like. And Silence, I guess you guys both liked. Definitely. One and done for me, but it's good. Yeah, yeah. It might be a none and done none and done for me alright um, and then of course Boardwalk Empire I would recommend checking it out so I that's I think I want to check that out again now yeah I do have an itch to watch it. Into it but I, I think that there are some some episodes that, that kind of we're, we're, we're doing the, the greatest hits and there's definitely yeah, some stuff true. where it's yeah. like alright it's a little a little boring that's true. Um, but all, all in all a very good show um, so we'll take a quick break and we'll come back with our recommendations As we always do, we'll finish with our uh, recommendations for the week. Sean, why don't you kick us off? Oh, Jesus. All right. Um, I'm trying to just think of random. Sexy guy. He's he's sexually active in the community. <laughs> I might just recommend that movie, actually. Oh, R.I.P. <laughs> Which is a long game poly, but I'm not going to recommend that. R.I.P. Um, I'm going to recommend such a much better movie than that called Fever Pitch, starring Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> Wait, are you being serious? No, it's not better. But okay. that—that that okay. is seriously okay. my recommendation. No, I like though. that. I like that movie. I just saw it on TV. Um, it's pretty good. Fallon plays a Boston Red Sox addict, mm-hmm. and he meets Drew. Bar- it's a rom com for yeah. sure. He meets Drew Barrymore, who's like this uh, professional. Like I forget what she does, but she's like a working professional woman. Yeah, yeah. Red no Sox. time for man. No time for man. Red Sox aren't really her thing. Um, she and brings a laptop to the, the game and gets him yeah, with a foul ball. That's exactly correct. It's a Fairly Brothers, right? Yeah. yeah. Based yeah, on true. a Nick Hornby book, but it was about a really? soccer fan. Well, it's the same idea, but the book was about a soccer fan being in England. I didn't know that. But, yeah, uh, yeah it's a fun it's a fun rom-com. 
you could make that movie about me though and, and my like Sixers fandom, yeah. but it would be like really dark. Like the hard, woman hard would be R. like going to like uh, yeah. like the love interest would be going to like therapy, <laughs> just like holes all over the walls. It'd be a hard R for sure. Like he's like, a cute, um, cute fan, like he'd really yell. <laughs> um, some uh, some secondary characters in this. There's the bald guy from Sex in the City. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't. I don't know what there's that like show no, is. Yeah, there's like no big secondary characters in this movie. Although it's like there's so many in it, but they're not big names. Uh, yeah. Think of anybody yeah, else? I don't know. It's a good one though. It's cool. Uh, yeah, it's I like. Fun. I like it's the it's a, it's a fun watch. It is a good watch. And uh, what else has Fallon done? Taxi. Taxi with, with Queen, Queen Latifah. Latifah. Not as good as that. That's for sure. Explain this one to me. <laughs> Here's this guy who's not good on SNL. He's not good in any movies, and then they give him the biggest show in Hollywood. We kind of just fell into it because Conan was like, he was like hired, he was on the job for a day. Conan was like, yeah, I'm leaving. <laughs> I'm gonna get a TBS where everyone will be watching me. Is that is he still on? When was the last time you guys watched a light, a, like a full late night, like actually as it not just like an interview with? so-and-so but like a full late night show it's been a long long time yeah, i used to watch conan been years yeah i used to watch conan as well but you still there <laughs> it's probably once, the same once letterman retired i just stopped watching late night oh, okay. that might have been it actually letterman's full yeah. last episode was probably a, the full yeah, yeah. That's what all I right do your recommendation uh my recommendation is the rider which is uh i think probably the best movie i've seen this year uh, definitely one of the best movies I've seen this year. You should have been here for the uh, top five episode. Is it, um, <laughs> is it on demand? Said that. Do you know? I think it might be Do now. Know. All right. Yeah. I so, think it's on uh, DVD and on demand. The Rider is a Western? Um, yeah. It's it's a modern day Western. Um, takes place on uh, like a ranch in South Dakota. And it's about a bull rider who was in an accident. Um got a serious head injury mm-hmm. um needed surgery and therapy and uh it's about his recovery and how he has to sort of you know find a new purpose because he can't bull ride anymore basically yeah so he ends up a farmer what, what, what else is there to do this <laughs> is it was played by just a dude like a guy who actually rode bulls for a living right it was yeah the, it was like the guy that actually lived the story right, right. Yeah. yeah oh it's a true story it was a true it's like based on a version of this guy's life okay so he played himself um and his father uh you know the guy who played his father was his real father okay the guy who played his sister was his real sister there's a guy who played the sister <laughs> or i'm sorry the girl <laughs> and now i'm in now i'm into the rider <laughs> um but and all the actors were impressive, and I think it's because like this director um, it was like a young Asian woman, right? I, yeah, I can't f- remember her name because I haven't seen any of her other her movies. Her name's like it's Chloe her, something. Her last name is like NG. Like I'll look it up while you, while you continue, but um, um I, I read something in the paper about her. I just can't quite remember what it was. But yeah, like I've seen other movies like this where. You know, they make casting choices where they take non-actors and Chloe put them in the Zhao. Roles. Is Chloe the right Zhao, director. that's it. Yeah. Um, um, nothing else. Oh, really? I think she has one other movie. It might not even be out yet. I think uh, she sort of made it at the same time, right around yeah, each other. Yeah, movie called um, "Songs My Brother Taught Me" 2015. Um, and then she's got. Uh, let's see. She has a movie called um, "Untitled" right now. 
but it is about a uh, life story of America's first and most prominent deputy U.S. marshal who helped settle the Wild West. She's really, into, really into westerns, <laughs> apparently. I think no, that's okay. That's right. That's I. After I saw this movie, um, I read into it a little bit. I should and, be hot. Um, and she was filming this movie. It's got to be this western. Picture of her and Forrest Whitaker. <laughs> okay. That's her IMDb picture. But she was filming this movie, this Western, uh-huh. and she saw a guy um, training horses, and she thought, you know, she's watching him do it. She realizes he's really good at it. She goes over to talk to him, um, and that's um, she decides to make a movie about this guy who is the rider. That's pretty interesting. Well, that's yeah. a cool story. It kind of sounds like um, the movie Rust and Bone with uh, – Marion Cotillard, remember she's like a like a whale trainer at SeaWorld yeah. and gets her leg bitten off by right. Tilikum. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there was like a stretch where there was like eight movies all about how horribly whales are treated at SeaWorld. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> There's like eight documentaries, Rust and Bone, Black, oh man, Blackfish. Um, a couple a uh, couple days ago, we were talking in our, our group chat. I think Shawnee posed a question of um, what are our favorite movies of of the last. Uh, Decade. Last decade are, and um, I, I got some guff because I put one in there, but I'm sticking by it. Ted, Ted is my recommendation. <laughs> Seth MacFarlane's Ted. Um, that movie, I, I just watched it again recently. It's so funny. It's so original. It's so funny. It's so well done. Like I noticed something on it. I was watching on my iPad, something like close to my face. The bear, like the bear, you know, as it's older for most of the movie, has like like matted down pieces of fur and like patches missing and stuff like it you didn't notice right. i didn't notice that at first but that movie's hilarious it's such a like a, a good premise and and it's really something that only seth MacFarlane at this point could do like it's just so if you like his humor then it's it's great it's yeah. just such it a seth really MacFarlane movie. movie and that's 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 i mean unless something really good happens in the next couple a uh, couple years that's going to be in my top 10 for the the decade Wahlberg, wow. uh, Wahlberg can do comedy He's funny yeah, in it. Yeah, good. it's like good. they they try very hard. I mean, he's just he's he's so jacked and like so handsome, and he's right. he's playing thirty five, but he's like forty six, right. but he can still kind of yeah. still kind of looks like he's thirty five. Forgot about it, that. Yeah. There's just like there's so there's so many funny moments in that movie, but my favorite is when he goes to get the job at the grocery store and he just right. says like horrible things to the guy interviewing him. And the guy's like. <laughs> Because, like, that took guts. We need guts. You're hired. <laughs> um, but, yeah, Ted is my recommendation. That's such a funny movie. Ted 2, not so good, but still sort of uh, sort of worth the watch. Giovanni Ribisi turns out a good performance in that. Yeah, especially in Ted 1. I like that guy. Underrated actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah I like him. What's he in? Same Private Ryan. Same Private Ryan. Yeah, that's right. He's Private Ryan. What if people, like... But we should just... Sean, just cut everything else out. Just ended right there with me saying he was Private Ryan. People... People would go nuts. The listener would go nuts. <laughs> the one listener. <laughs> All right. So I think that's it. Is that a wrap? Put a bell on this one. Put a bell on episode yeah. three. All right. Um, you want to play that uh, Scorsese music at the end? Sure. Yeah, oh, I can yeah. do that. Um, so Start of the gonna, right now. We're um, under construction with the social media and all that and websites. And yeah. Well, we do have a... We do have a um, oh, wait. we got to change the name though for the instagram right i changed the name changed the name last minute oh did you no uh, i thought i, I the yeah. podcast not the instagram yeah um yeah, this timeline is all messed up whatever we'll, <laughs> we'll get it we'll, we'll get our feet i'm gonna drop all three episodes at the same time Good. just 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 uh disrespect scorsese like that yep all right <laughs> so uh 
that'll do it for this episode. Scorsese Volume 2 coming soon. Coming soon. All right. Stay tuned. We'll be right back.